Do you ever feel like sometimes the universe is shouting something at you, but you just aren't listening? Like to slow down, take time to yourself, or even create a vision board. Okay, so I'm not going to get all woo-woo on you today, but today's episode with Bethany Braun Silva is a good reminder that it's okay to take a week off. It's okay to take some time to stop and think about what your goals are in life, and it's okay to focus on your career even if you have young kids. Bethany has two boys and lives in New York City. In her off hours, you can find her on air showcasing some of the latest and greatest parenting products. Side note, she does share one of her favorite summer products in this episode, so make sure to listen in, or talking all about working motherhood. Because I batch my podcast episodes, this episode was recorded back in February. So at the time, Bethany was the editor at parenting.com. Since then, she has moved over to be the senior content strategist at What to Expect, but is still living her dream in the parenting and lifestyle space. Welcome to Mommy's on a Call, your sacred space to laugh, learn, and feel like a real grown-up human for a hot minute. I'm Stephanie Uchima Carney, a mom of three under six, serial entrepreneur, business strategist, and donut connoisseur, just trying to get through the day one cold cup of coffee at a time. I believe that with more intention, a positive mindset, and self-care, it is possible to thrive in motherhood, business, and life. My mission is to uncover the daily rituals, life lessons, real-life tactics, and favorite tools to inspire and empower you, Mommy, to get the most out of life every single unpredictable day. So grab your headphones, tell your kids you're on the potty, and tune in weekly for some laughs, knowledge bombs, and plenty of real talk with real moms, and maybe a dad or two. Welcome to the Mommy Pod. Before we get started, if you're a toddler parent, do not skip the next little section. As a mom to a 15-month-old and almost three-year-old, I am in the thick of toddler behavior. And if you're at all like me, you find yourself in the throes of tantrums, trying to discipline without yelling, staying regulated, and working hard not to pass along your baggage to your kiddos. Am I right or am I right? When my six-year-old was a toddler, I read all the books. I took all the parenting classes, but I still struggled. The toddler years are amazing. They're magical, but oh so challenging. And that's why I'm excited to share with you a new online toddler parenting program for my friends over at Raising Children You Like. And if you don't follow them on Instagram, you should. They share amazing tips, so like head on over there right now and do that. But what I really wanted to tell you is about their new two-part toddler parenting program, which will teach you exactly how to take charge of tantrums and discipline while also transforming your mindset and your parenting. You'll learn how to identify why your toddler is tantruming, how to soothe those tantrums, how to discipline without yelling, screen time hacks, and how to regulate yourself. And while I've learned many tools on how to handle tantrums and discipline, the part that I was missing the most is the part that really stands out about this program. It is that they help you transform your parenting by transforming you. They cover how to examine your blocks and triggers, how to stop passing your past to your children, how to create new healthy boundaries for yourself, how to work with your parenting partner in a fair way, how to address sibling relationships, body awareness, and ultimately, how to raise kind, compassionate, and resilient children. Because isn't that the goal of any parent? So if you wanna learn more about how to take charge of the toddler years so that you can stop wanting to pull your hair out and throw your own parent tantrum, then head over to my special link at bit.ly backslash stop toddler tantrums. Again, that's bit.ly backslash stop toddler tantrums. You can also find the link in the show notes. 
Hello and welcome back to Mommy's on a Call. Today I'm bringing to you Bethany Braun Silva. She's a parenting and lifestyle editor and currently the editor of Parenting.com, which is the most popular and trusted resources for parents online. She's a native New Yorker and a mom of two who makes life and work endlessly fun, which sounds pretty amazing. Welcome, Bethany. Hi, Stephanie. Thanks so much for having me. I'm really, really excited to be here. I'm excited to have someone who has a real parenting view on things, plus a full-time mommy view. So before we start, I want to ask, what is your biggest mom win of the week? You know, to be honest, I took the week off and we'll probably get into this, but you know, I've really been suffering from mommy burnout and not necessarily mommy burnout, just burnout in general. I mean, we're, we're coming up on a year of the pandemic, working full time, dealing with both my boys, virtual learning, and just like all the stress that comes with quarantine and having to self-isolate and just not being in our normal circumstances. So I took a week off. Both my boys are in blended learning. And actually this week they were both in for most of the week. So I have no work, no kids, and it's been blissful. So Okay. So tell me, what did you do during that time? What are like the the top three things you did? I did a whole lot of nothing. And actually I should reframe that with, I really just sort of focused on me, which is so unusual. And I'm sure a lot of moms listening can relate, but I kind of just sort of like went back to basics. Like, what do I love to do? What maybe like I went and I, I was like pulled out my paper planner and started goal setting for the year. And, and it was personal professional goals. So I just kind of like connected with myself as corny as it sounds like I just really like spent time during the day filling my own cup as they say (laughs) and I guess how did you get to that point of realization that you really just needed to take a week off a lot of us feel burnout and are exhausted and say like it would be nice to do that but they actually can't switch it off what led you to that as you just said I was going through that for months like I felt myself needing to take a break, but not really allowing myself to take a break. I have to push through. I have to keep working. People are relying on me. My kids are relying on me. And of course, we all, we know the whole thing with mommy guilt, like taking a day off and it's sort of just like unheard of, right? I feel like what I'm doing now, I I feel like I'm, it's like taboo, like I'm breaking a rule somewhere. And I completely understand what I have is a luxury that is not afforded to many moms. The fact that I have paid time off from a job that pays at all, you know, so I fully understand all of that. So I just want to make sure people know that I'm aware that, and that this is not something I take for granted at all, but I do know that I was, I could not really bring myself to even sit in front of a computer anymore. I was completely burnt out. (laughs) Did anyone encourage you to do it or was it kind of like a self-realization? It was definitely a self-realization. I think, you know, I have my mother and father live close by and and my husband, like we all, we're all just sort of say it all the time. Oh my gosh, I'm so stressed. This is too much. I'm so stressed. But nobody really, I didn't want to get to the point where it was kind of like an, I don't know if that might be strong language saying something irreversible would have happened, but like, we have to take care of ourselves. It's just... It's just so crazy to me how we don't allow ourselves to do that. So I, I'm, I'm actually kind of proud of myself for being able to take that time. <laughs> well, you seem a lot brighter and happier. Yeah. So apparently it did work. And now that your kids are in a, I love how you said blended, not like hybrid or whatnot. It sounds just prettier. What are you doing to kind of maintain that? So like you took a week off and you focused on yourself. Are you continuing any of those practices moving forward? 
I think what I would really love to continue is this idea of slowing down. I think at the start of the pandemic, when I was, you know, working from home and getting both boys on online classes, I would stand in my, my kitchen was my hub for work. I had my laptop on the kitchen counter and I was furiously writing, getting through work and then jumping from room to room, managing the boys different classes. And it was really hard to break that pace after a while. I just, I felt myself just continually speeding, rushing through everything that really didn't need to like be sped through. And I keep reminding myself and, you know, my boys are young. They still want to hold my hand when we walk to school. <laughs> like, so just in there, sometimes your kids are the ultimate reminder, like slow down, stay present. This is, this time is limited. And it sort of just kind of like smacked me in the face over the last few months that I really needed to slow down. And I'm hoping, hoping I can keep that. It's funny to say momentum because I'm talking about slowing down, but keep that going indefinitely really right like a habit or a ritual so I'm gonna back up a little and give the audience a little context about your family structure does your husband work from home what's your family structure how many kids do you have ages and what does that look like yeah so I have a husband and he works out of the home he is actually a, uh, an essential worker a first responder so he's been out of the home working you know full-time overtime for you know since this whole thing started and I have two boys, they're ages five and eight. So that's third grade and kindergarten. So I guess we're pretty standard run of the mill family, I guess you could say. <laughs> Except you're in New York, which is also a tough place to have been for the last year. Yeah, certainly it's been a tough place, but you know, I was born and raised here and so is my husband. So we kind of have like the inside scoop on like navigating New York. New York's been through some crazy crap before, excuse my language. So we know like, we just know how to hunker down and get through it. You know, everyone, everyone's had to really show their resiliency this, at this time. And I think New Yorkers, we really, you know, know where to go when we really need to like be resilient. So. Well, before everything happened and before all of this, what was your work-life situation? Were you working full-time out of the house? Were you always work from home? What did that look like? It was always a mix, to be honest. You know, I'm a writer and an editor and I do, I'm always, you know, doing media stuff. So I, for the last 10 years of my career, I've done sort of freelance where I've, you know, full-time freelanced on a contract, but then also freelance week to week for companies. And then in the last few years, I've had more steady work, you know, where I've been employed by a company full-time. And that's been since about 2015, I've found steady work with bigger companies. So you went from freelancing to full-time while you had kids. A lot of women go the opposite. They have a full-time and then they realize they need to step back. And especially like nowadays with everything going on and all the women leaving the workforce or being laid off, any like suggestions for them? You went the opposite way, but now people might want to get back into that or they might want to maybe find something else. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, so, so I went, you know, the, the the opposite way because I actually, by New York standards, I feel like I had my children on the younger side. I was 26 when I got pregnant with my first. So I didn't put career first. I had my kids first. And so I felt like I sort of had to, I had to make up for lost time career-wise. So, you know, I was really pushing, pushing to get to that goal of landing, you know, editor at a big corporation. And so it was definitely 
like a really hard and fast driven career path for me. But I and guess you did that with young kids. So pursuing a highly driven career while having really young kids, because 2015, your kids would have been like one wasn't even or just born, maybe. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't recommend this. I sort of feel ashamed. <laughs> no, say ashamed. we don't say ashamed. <laughs> we don't say ashamed, but with everything, all these sort of like leaps and bounds and motherhood and like the awareness around motherhood has taken, I accepted a new offer at a company four weeks post emergency C-section. <gasps> so I don't know what I was thinking. It was crazy. I was just so focused and, and um, like being an editor and wanting to prove to myself, prove to other people. So I guess that's what I mean. It was and I guess I don't regret it because it all worked out, but I would, I kind of just, sh I should never have done that. <laughs> leaking, well, it worked out. Shirt, you know, like, like leaking all over the, like, it was like, I was, I was, I was, I was just, it was nuts. <laughs> oh my goodness. And that was your second kid. That was correct. Second, yeah. Oh, so you're already managing a toddler doing that. And you're like, yes, let's just take this full-time job and let's go for it. How long did you take for maternity leave before you actually started? I did it. I mean, so it was a brand new job. I interviewed while I was pregnant and got the job, ended up agreeing to a start date. Then my son, who was, was actually born, my water broke five weeks early with him. And thank God he was fine. He, he was healthy. He didn't have to do actually any stay in the NICU. But had he not been born five weeks early, I would have think I would have got, I, what did I agree to? I think I might've agreed to like three weeks. So I had like extra time because it came out early. It was just nuts. And, and it's just so crazy to think that I ever agreed to something like that, but I was just crazy ambitious. And I will say I have family close by. I have my mother and I have my mother-in-law who really stepped up to the plate. I could not have even gotten a, anywhere close to the career I've had today without them, without them just agreeing to watch my kids while I was able to work. So and I really think even if you don't have family nearby, just having a support system and looking for that is really important in being able to survive. Even if you aren't on this like career driven path, but just ha finding that support system is super important. So sorry, I digressed, but so back to like women right now, leaving the workplace, what, like, what are we doing? Like, what should we do? You know, moms are out there out of work, but also might realize maybe that career path wasn't what they dreamed of or wanted. And now they want to do something different. What would you, you know, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I will say that it's been so disheartening to see that because it just goes to show, and what I mean is these moms leaving the workforce by the thousands and the fact that I think it was some crazy stat, like 400,000 people left the workforce in 2020 and every single one of them was a woman. It just kind of, it just sort of reinforces what we've been saying for a while, that gender roles are not equal right now. The women are, are, are not only taking on the physical workload at home, but the mental workload at home. I have a wonderful marriage, but that really is the case in my marriage as well. I would never expect my husband to retire or, you know, to quit his job to stay at home. It would, it would fall to me. And so it's just like, we have to rethink all these things about where we kind of like stand in society. I know that's such a huge term, but I would love to see something come out of this that's really positive that, you know, and I think we are our biggest cheerleaders, you know, women supporting women, women, empowered women, empower women, all those kind of phrases we've heard over and over. I would really love to see resources for women, especially moms to come out of it. And then maybe it has to happen at a, at a higher level, but that's another conversation for another day. <laughs> 
Exactly. At parenting.com, are you guys doing anything to help women in the workforce or moms find those like either freelancing jobs or giving them resources? Like we hear all this like doom and gloom, but I'm kind of like on the opposite side where I'm like positive, like, okay, so we're in this. What can we do? Like we can complain about all of this, but what are we really going to do to move forward? Do you have any suggestions or things that we can do as women to move forward? Yeah, I would say to really connect to kind of your your passions, right? Like it, it could be something small. And even if it's not something that's going to directly make you money off the bat, I think con- taking time to sort of reconnect to old passions, discovering new ones is a great way to kind of get you through. I am passionate about my work. And I will say, well, parenting is owned by the Meredith Corporation, which is a huge corporation. So I'm not sure what they're doing for women outside of that corporation. But I can say on internally, I have felt supported. I They have made new rules for, you know, family leave, paternity leave, stepping up to the plate with resources for childcare and stuff like that. So if more companies can really make it a point to support the women that already have jobs. I think that is really, really vital to keeping women in the workforce where they so very much belong. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I would, I would say outside of that, it, it's hard right now. It really is hard, but to discover your passions, it, if, if you're home with the kids, take insisting on time for yourself to figure out what you like and, and to get a clear head to figure out your next step, which is kind of like, in a way what I'm doing this week, you know? (laughs) Do you suggest like journaling or, I mean, we say like the blanket, like, oh, and I say this all the time too, like, you know, discover your passion, but sometimes it's easier said than done. I'm like, okay, well, where do I start? Like, how do I discover this passion? Is it reconnecting with things you used to like and see if you still do those? Is it journaling? Like, have you, or like meditation? Like what resources have you used or tools to help uncover that? So I, you know, I do a lot of reading and right now my genre of choice, I guess would be considered, you know, self-help, right? Memoirs about women. Personal development. Yeah. Personal development. So I have been super inspired. I think we've all known Untamed by Glennon Doyle was like the book of 2020 for women. I'm actually reading a book now by a woman called Bevy Smith. It's called Bevelation. She's like, she was a fashion advertiser and she pivoted to become a media personality And she and I have absolutely nothing in common, but she talks about quitting her corporate job to go fulfill a creative, creatively, creative life and artistic life. And she talks about how it took years and years. She kind of knew something was off. And then it took years and years and years before she figured out what she wanted to do, but she knew that she had a passion that was sort of bubbling. So I guess what, so reading books has helped me enormously because it really does help to inspire me. And yes, journaling. I, and I use a planner as a journal, almost like I write down things that I have to do in my day that are, you know, must do's like, you know, doctor's appointments and stuff like that. But then I also write down, take five minutes to goal plan for the month of March. And then also something I actually did with my kids. And I love this. I, we created a vision board. I had never done this before. And I got my kids involved because I kept wanting to really, I have all these ideas about how I want my life to look. And so someone said, if you put it on a vision board, it just sort of reinforces that. And it was actually a really fun art project we did together. I got cork boards, I got them, you know, they put, you know, they're, they're little, so they put their stuff on, but I was really into mine and I look at it every day. And so even when I'm having like a down day at work or something like that, I remember like where I want to go, where I want to be. It just helps. It's just like another kind of positive reinforcement, as you said. Right. It's like a, it's a manifesting tool too. What did your kids want on 
there. So I'm curious because you have two boys. <laughs> Did they put like Legos or something on there? Yeah. Well, I had to, we had a whole conversation about how it wasn't like physical, like toy things, oh. but if they could think uh, beyond that. So my third grader what told told me he he put down uh, 20 home runs in Little League because he sort of missed out on Little League last year. So he wanted to hit a bunch of home runs for Little League. And then my kindergartner just said he wanted to see his friends. So I, was, oh. was, I know. Yeah, he wanted to see his friends. He wanted to play more in his classroom. Like I mentioned, he's in blended learning. He kind of just has to sit because he can't move around in the classroom. So he mentioned just wanting to play with his friends. And so it was also a nice tool to kind of connect with my kids and find out what was going on with them like what they were thinking about that is a creative thing to do it's funny I think about like I want to do a vision board but wait I actually don't have physical magazines <laughs> like oh, I think I'd, have I, was gonna say, I think I'd have to google like <laughs> photos be like okay I want to be near a beach or an island we just printed stuff out of the computer okay. And then if you go to like a craft store, you can get these kind of like, uh, what do they call like prompts, like stuff, like the, the sticker prompts, like five things, or I want to be like this. Like, yeah, so it's, you know, we I don't have magazines either. And I shouldn't say that because I work for a big magazine. I was going to say, don't you work for a magazine company? I, mean, I, I know you're digital. <laughs> when I was in the office, I would come home with stacks of magazines. I haven't been in the office almost a year. So. Oh, what's your favorite planner that you use? It's a Kate Spade planner. It's a simple planner, but it has like a ring binder and a pocket and has, I don't know, I feel like I might be late to the game on this, but a lot of people have these like cute little stickers. <laughs> and so it, it's, a, it's just a Kate Spade. It's just like a normal weekly planner with like, you know, for the months and it just helps me focus. I mean, I still have everything on my phone, on my Google calendar, but something about writing stuff down. And again, I mentioned, I don't just put your to-dos, you know, yeah. Ideas. It's like bigger, broader things, goals for the month, stuff that I am manifesting currently. <laughs> so. No, my husband would make fun of me because I have a paper planner, but I also, everything is on my phone. Like everything mm -hmm. is on our shared Google calendar, but you're right. Something about writing it down helps to like reinforce it. But I think that might be just the difference between how like my husband thinks and how I think. He hates paper and would, and hopes that all mail would just go away. And, and <laughs> like anytime something paper arrives, he's like, Why? But I love the feeling. And when you said Kate Spade, I have an Erin Condren and I have like three different planners. She's and great. It's just, yeah. And it's just like one of those things where like, I want to look at something pretty too. Yes. And that reinforces it. <laughs> yes, I totally agree with that. Your aesthetic, your, what is around you, it's just so important. It helps make you happier. So yeah. <laughs> anyway, so back to mom life. So on a day-to-day -day now, you have more free time to like work from home and you have a pretty strong support system with your parents. What other things, I guess, are you doing for yourself? Were you doing that, you know, do you have a daily ritual that you do, a morning ritual? Are there things besides what you learned in your week off that you do daily for yourself. I downloaded Gabby Bernstein's Spirit Junkie app. I know we're, we've ta we're talking a lot about manifesting and that's not for everybody, that kind of like that stuff. But every day you get like a daily affirmation. I think it was like $2.99 and they, you know, that's it. It's not like a subscription. So it's just kind of a, a nice way to ground myself every morning. And it's just something positive I can focus on. And I've really been taking time to like do those kind of positive affirmations and focus on manifesting because it has been such a challenging year. This is not, this is something I actually didn't do pre pandemic, but something that I dis discovered for myself and it has helped immensely because like, you know, I, I know that I'm not alone in saying that my mental health has taken a hit this past year. So just refocusing, getting back to that positive place because 
it's, it is really important for me and for my kids, you know, how I show up every day. So I downloaded that app that helps. And then I, we also, my kids love the headspace app. So this is a meditation app and there's, they have guided meditations for kids. They ask for it by name. They call it the, can we do the Andy, like Andy, the Andy app tonight. So that's been great. And just finding quiet time for myself to just connect to like what I'm feeling and what I'm thinking has been really helpful. And I, and again, I have to make time for that. It's not something that I'm always conscious of on a daily basis. What time do you wake up and what time do you go to bed? Okay. So today I woke up at five in the morning. It's anywhere between five and six 30. My five-year-old comes into bed with us anytime between midnight. I sometimes we think he's asleep when he's just like running into the bed. So we're dealing with that. But I go to, I try to go to sleep before, around nine, 9 PM. I know I need, wow. I know I'm not a late, I, my husband is will party all night. And you know, I can't, I am an, I am a day person. I am a morning person. They make fun of me, you know, my sister-in-law, everyone, because I am the first one. I fall asleep before my kids. So <laughs> But that's what I need. That's what I need. Like, I just need to, I need my sleep. So, and then when I don't sleep, it's, it's really, it's not fun. No. Well, I also want to talk a little bit about freelancing for any moms out there who are looking for that passion and who might be like, oh, well, you know, I might want to start a blog or like, I like writing or what can I do that's flexible in my schedule because I have young kids and I may not be going back. So what about freelancing? Like what can women do these days to get into that? Yeah. So I would look into the mom project. That's first of all, it's a company and they send daily emails. Like you fill out what your interest, like your qualifications, stuff like that. And they'll send you job listings and they're all remote. And it's, it's called the mom project. So it really is for moms working from home who need fle- flexible schedules. So you don't just have to be a writer or, you know, a blogger. There's marketing jobs in there, advertising jobs, social media jobs. So, and, and that's just to name a few. So I would look at the mom project for sure, sign up for those emails. And then I would... And again, I know it's hard, but I, whatever you want to do, I would start doing it. I think that really is the best way to just get things going. I mean, and again, remember, it might not be lucrative right away. It's, a, it's definitely a long process. You know, for me, we talk, you know, sometimes moms, we talk about our side hustle. For me, I want to be on camera. I want to be on TV. And there's really nothing stopping me from filming content, right? Social, I have a phone and I have an Instagram account. So it can be done. If you want to write and you want to blog, then there's really nothing stopping you. You don't need to take, you know, a course in syntax and grammar and AP style. Just get it out there. Anyone can be, you know, a content creator. And the best way is to just start. And remember, it doesn't have to be perfect. Someone will see it if you're passionate about it. And who knows what it could turn into. And I think people get like caught up in the tech side. They're like, oh, but I don't know how to do this or this or this. But like, there's so many resources and easy free ways to just launch like a WordPress site, Squarespace, you know, whatever that is to start writing or even on Medium. I feel like you can just start writing and get it out there. So you were just saying your side hustle is to be on media. Tell me more about that. I was an actress. I mean, not th- nothing. I, I studied act. I studied drama. I was not a professional actress, but, and, and I realized I, there was something always just like missing in that. Like I love learning about drama and theater and stuff like that, but the actual performing side, it, there was just like a, a disconnect. And I realized that I didn't want to pretend to be somebody else. I wanted to be me. I, and then when I got into journalism and writing, it was so service journalism has become such an important aspect of 
my career. It's what I do. I hope I will never do anything else right now. I, I love that I have this platform for parents to help them, to give them content that they're searching for, that they need. And I just find the best way to do that. Of course, we have you know digital media and stuff like that, but to be a relatable voice for them on, on camera, uh, there's, you know, I think that's, I think it's just, it's just an invaluable resource. You know, I love to connect with people and I feel like I can do that the best way by communicating when you see my face and <laughs> I'm able to just like be that person for you. What are <laughs> your favorite topics to talk about? Oh gosh, what we're talking about now. I mean, I love, I love hearing about people's parenting journeys. I love to hear about, I don't even think we can call them, you know, non-traditional families anymore, new types of families. There's no right way to be a family. I love to just talk about moms, what they're struggling with. You know, I was, like I said, I was on the younger side when I became a mom. I was, I had no other girlfriends that were pregnant or even thinking about getting pregnant anytime soon. So I had a lot of, you know, I struggled with a lot of, you know, just feeling isolated. So how did, actually, I want to touch on that point because whether or not you're a young mom or not right now is kind of isolating for moms. What did you do? Did you find a community or how did you navigate that? You know, I, and this is, this is rare. And I, I, no, I don't know who will be able to relate to this, but I, I dove into work because I came off of this sort of like arts background, got pregnant and decided I wanted to make this like my life now. Like re, I didn't have community as far as, you know, friends. I went to those, some of those mommy meetups. It just wasn't for me. I wasn't really able to like kind of connect with any other moms in that way. So I said, you know what, let me, let's bring them, let's, let's maybe if I can't come to them, maybe they can come to me. So I started writing and blogging for smaller companies. And then one thing just kind of led to another. And I have this, you know, great job now that I love working for one of the, you know, the best parenting sites out there. And we have a huge audience. So that really has become my mommy, my parent community, the community that I sort of work for, I guess you could say. Yeah. What is the <laughs> hottest topic right now on parenting.com? Okay. Well, not, I don't know. I shouldn't say, because parenting, we do, parenting.com, we focus a lot on product, like what, right. what parents need. But what do parents need? That's what I, I'm curious. Like, what, oh, are, the, what are people okay. searching for? What are like the hot things right now? For a long time, or, you know, this past few months, it was like, how do we entertain our kids inside? What do we do? Whether you have a small space or a big backyard, we need help. These are, this is like, this is unprecedented times, as everyone was saying, you know, like, what, what do we do? So we quickly pivoted to figure out like how to get parents like great products, like, like indoor trampolines or play tents that were affordable and fun and that could fold up if you didn't have a big space. So that was something we really, really uh, were focusing on for a long, long time, just like kind of like your quarantine essentials for your kids. And I guess moving forward now that hopefully we're going to be getting into a little bit warmer weather and sadly a year into this, what are kind of the hot products that we should look at right now? Okay. So I love this company called Swim Zip. So it is a UPF bathing suit. So I know it's like any parents know I, my husband, I drive my husband crazy. I put sunscreen on my kids so much. I don't even know. I might be doing more harm than good at the amount of sunscreen I slather them with. And of course I love, I have my go-to brands that are, you know, like blue lizard and I think we use think baby. Yeah. California baby thing, baby. Yeah. Those are all great ones. So I love those. And because I put so much sunscreen on them, I have to make sure it's like a good, <laughs> good product. I love companies that kind of like make my job easier, right? Like, so they're UPF 
they're in their like zip up rash guards. Have you ever had to just like wrangle a young kid in a wet rash guard? It's like torture. Like whether you're taking it off, putting it on, like they, it's just like, it's like, I don't know. And it gets stuck it. and it looks like they're being birthed again when you're trying to rip it off their head. <laughs> and they're screaming. And so I love it because it just zips right up. It has the high collar and it's like the fabric is like thick, but also like comfortable for them to wear. And it's, it's all UPF 50. So I don't have to worry about them burning. Ah, nice. Well, I wanted to, I guess, kind of wrap this up, although I could talk about like 10 hundred different subjects with you on motherhood and everything. But I want to start with asking, you know, becoming a mom and in the space that you did, what do you think is your mom's superpower that you gained once you became a mom? My mom's superpower. That helps you in like business, life, whatever that is. Something that, you know, at the age of 26, you became a mom and suddenly you gained the superpower. I think it would be not sweat the small stuff. And, you know, I've been in sort of like high stakes positions in, at, at work where people are, you know, frantically freaking out if it was a mistake or we have to beat this competitor or something like that. And just kind of being able to keep my calm because, you know, maybe the night before I had a dirty diaper thrown in my face, like, this is all right. Like, I, we can get through this, guys. <laughs> like, you know, and, and it's certainly, and mom, being a parent, also, you have to think about all the kind of crazy emergencies maybe that we've had, you know, kids throwing up in the middle of the night, high fevers in the middle of the night, trips to the emergency room. I just had to, my, my son was just playing on his bunk bed and split his lip. And we had to go to the emergency room, like, just a few months ago, masked and everything. So we kind of just, like, just, Give you giving you like just perspective on things. So I think that has definitely been my mom's superpower. I can stay pretty cool under pressure. And what is one like survival tip you would give moms right now? Like navigating everything, maybe looking to find their next venture in life. What would be your sort of tip for them? Yeah. So we did talk about this very briefly, but I was really lonely. I thought being a mom was going to, I was going to never feel lonely again. Right. I had this little baby and I had my buddy, but I was incredibly lonely and incredibly isolated. So I can't imagine what moms who are, you know, new moms might be feeling now given, you know, quarantine times. I would say as hard as it may be, you got to reach out to your community. There are people there. They, they might not know you're struggling. You might feel like you are crying at the top of your lungs for help and they might not, then people just don't know unless you actually say something. So I would encourage moms to, as much as they can, broaden their, you know, reach out for help with people they know, broaden their communities. There's lots of resources online and then you never know what will form. You know, I made a kind of a whole career out of it and this wasn't the path that I intended to take. So take a chance, take a chance on yourself and really just try to push through feelings of inadequacy and loneliness to, to reach out for people. There, there are people there that want to help you. Well, thank you so much for joining today. Where can we find you online? So on Instagram, I'm at Bethany Braun Silva. That's pretty much really right now the only social platform I use. You can also check out parenting.com. I do most of the writing on there. And then of course, on all the at parenting on all the social media there. Well, thank you so much for joining today. I really appreciate it. Oh my God, this has been a blast. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Mommy's on a Call. Your support means the absolute world to me. You can find the show notes for this episode and other goodies over at mommiesonacall.com. And if you enjoyed this episode or have gotten value from the podcast, I would be so grateful if you could head on over to Apple Podcasts and leave a rating and review so that we can reach and empower more moms all over the world together. Thank you so much again, Mommy Pod, and I will see you here next time. 